Hello, this is Nathan. This is Samir. And if you're interested in hearing us talk to each other, it's because we're not the same. That's good. That's a good one. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah. How's your week been? It's it's been pretty packed, pretty eventful. I I would say God has definitely been working in it. Last uh, Tuesday, I I had the chance to uh, attend a rally by this uh, this uh, traveling group called Circuit Riders. They came here. They came here to Edmonton. What? Yeah. With what church? Uh, Carry the Love. It's this youth organization. So they came by themselves. Yeah, they're they're on tour basically. Oh wow! I so didn't know that. So they they went from Edmonton to Calgary, and they're probably going around Canada as we speak. Anyways, so I, I was going there uh, specifically. I don't know, just to hear. Uh, someone preach a message. I didn't get to experience that. Uh, I experienced a bit of worship, but uh, as for the message itself, I I was very overwhelmed by my circumstances in life. As you know, I've been unemployed for last month uh, since I got fired from my job and uh, trying to work through that experience been very stressful and annoying. And there was the, the, this guy, uh, Later, it turns out that he was uh, one of the organizers of the event. Uh, he just came up to me and he said, Hey, I, I see that you're kind of down and depressed. Do you want to pray and talk about it? And I had a really good conversation with him. Mm. It's, it's funny how you go to an event and I, I, I don't know if I was expecting to have God show up in some way, but he did in, in the form of, of a stranger. Mm, that's so good. This stranger that I met, his name's Evan. He'll probably play an important role later on this year. That's good. Because that's usually how stories work. You insert a minor character who manages to help the major character out, and then the minor character comes back like 30 chapters later and becomes more critical to the story. Think, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, no, for me, man, uh, my week was interesting in the sense that I like kind of like hit a low I actually I think this week was just like slowly I was getting lower like I was getting more sad and I think because I had two weeks off from school so I'm like dude you should be happy you should be free I know that's the irony (laughs) that I should be happy I'm off school but like I'm like kind of low I'm kind of behind in my school but what I got out of it is through that was like I started to like just reflect on what's going on. I think the time off was so good because sometimes being busy can distract you from doing like self-awareness of what's going on inside of you, what's what's affecting you. And having the time off and to try to do reflection, it might have got me low a little bit, but it got me like refocused. It got me to like see, okay, this is where I've been going off track. This is where I've been like kind of why I'm discouraged, why I'm low. And I think the main reason is because like I, I was expecting to be somewhere in these past three years and I haven't I've been feeling like I've been outside of God's will and I've been feeling like I'm behind and I've been feeling like I've been failing. And I think this is where maybe we can transition into our topic. But before I do, the good news is though, 
uh, before we transition to the topic of disappointments and feeling like you're behind in life, in which is really um, something we're both kind of going through. I just want to say, I came out of this and I was more kind of encouraged. Like, God just spoke to me through it. Like, God, it's funny, I read a Bible verse, I did my devotions in the morning, and down later that day, that at, by the end of the night, I felt like whatever I was reading that morning, he connected it to my situation in a, in a way that I could never connect it myself. What did you read? I was reading through the Gospel of John, and it was like when, essentially, Peter denies he's like I'm gonna follow you God and and like all of us who are zealous and want to like go far in life and do God's will but and then Jesus tells him you're gonna deny me and he kind of like just he he has this huge moral failure and he denies Jesus Christ and after three years and for me I connected that to like I've been trying to go to school for these past three years and I've been failing, you know, like I... Well, you're currently in school right now, No, so. but the Pacific school I've been trying to go to, Bethel, I've been trying to go to Bethel, and I've been failing at that, and then I'm like, man, I feel like I'm a, I'm just disappointed, I'm like disappointed, and I and I start to see why I'm not there, like, because of my horrible financial positioning, and how I spend my money, and I'm like, man, I'm not... Basically the stuff that I've been telling you yeah, about but, every single month, but for like the hit, last eight months. But it hit me, it hit me because, like, I'm not where I want to be because of because it's my fault. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that can get someone down. That can really make someone sad. And I was sad and I was down. But I came out of that with real centered focus on like, so I like gave my girlfriend all my credit cards, all my debit cards. I only get it to buy groceries then I give it back to her. So I came with a real in- intentional focus moving forward but I had to like so what what God told me in that moment was like how when Peter kind of didn't says I'm gonna I'm gonna die with you and Jesus says you're gonna deny me but don't let your heart be troubled to me in that it hit me that like God can take our failures and he could still bring something out of it like our bad decisions in our lives that we've made Christian outside of the church into the church our bad decisions with our finances our bad decisions at our jobs our bad decisions in life generally and he could bring something out of it because like you would think like Peter should have progressed after three years he should not be doing that after walking with Jesus for three years but on the third three and a half years later he makes a huge moral blunder and God's still saying don't let your heart be troubled and he brings a revival in the next chapter in Acts you know through that man so it's like that like don't let like I felt like God was saying to me don't let your heart be troubled because you've been making horrible decisions financially for this past three years but I can still bring something good out of it and I would have never met my girlfriend if I'm not still here I would have never got to meet the people I've met. You wouldn't have learned how to become more financially responsible if you uh, hadn't made all those really stupid mistakes. Exactly. There's so so much things did come out of that. God's still like, he can bring good out of everything. But like, I was disappointed. I was kind of frustrated. I was down. And then God kind of reminded me like, hey, I'm still bringing something good out of this. And I think even this podcast is like somewhat testimony to that. And so that's kind of a huge description of my week but it ties into our topic and our topic is you can tell them dissatisfaction with where you are right now yeah like if you're 20 30 year old 40 year old this is so relatable because in different stages of your life you always question am i where i want to be have i accomplished what i want to accomplish and i think what do you think culture says about that uh culture Uh, culture basically says that the dream is at least an 80 out of 100. And if you're not 
reaching that level, then you need to work harder in life. You need to make more money. And 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 you if you if you can't get to that level through conventional means, then you need to basically cheat mm. in order to uh, get there. You need to uh, forego delayed gratification, and you need to take out a loan for your car or your house or your school tuition. That's so true. And I think, like, do, do you feel the sense that, like, we're in a culture where... I think it's always been there in the culture, but, like, this idea... It hasn't always been there. Like, success? Like, the idea... I'm talking about more specifically, like... Okay, yeah. Being I, more accomplished, achieving more, and doing more. Basically, since the Americans came over and said, pursuit of happiness. Oh, yeah, that's true. What do you sense is bringing about this disappointment in a lot of people? In the church and outside the church, you know, like, what's your thoughts on that? I would say what's what's bringing out that disappointment for people is just nothing is ever good enough. Mm-hmm. You can get the big house that you want. You can get the cool car that you want. You can get the degree you want with a master's degree and maybe a doctorate. Mm-hmm. You can, I don't know, get the hot wife you want or the handsome husband. Or heck, not even that. You can just snag a hot girl that you met in the bar. And you like you can always keep pursuing because you'll never reach the end. Have you ever uh, read The Great Gatsby or uh, seen the movie? Uh, I've seen the movie. Okay. So, like, you know, the whole point of that story is, like, most of the characters in that story, they want something more. Tom and Daisy, they want to live a luxurious life without consequence. Gatsby wants Daisy. Nick, he wants to become more successful in his own way, working as a, as a stockbroker, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's the woman that Tom is having an affair with. I don't remember her name, but she, mm-hmm. she's cheating on her husband mm-hmm. so that she can get the kind of life that she wants with Tom. Mm. Everyone in that story wants something more, even though most of them already have more than enough. Yeah. And I, the question, though, is, like, what what is the solution? Because I think a lot of people know, maybe they don't know, but they, they want to do something. They want to pursue something. And it's like, and I think they're, like, always wanting more. And the, the funny thing is, like, it's like that idea that, like, a lot of people that get to the top are not really satisfied. And a lot of people that are in the bottom think by getting to the top, they'll be satisfied. But when they get there, they're very disappointed. Okay. Can you uh, reference an example from your own personal life? I think, like, Matt, I, okay, I don't know anything from my own personal life. But I think, um, oh, like, disappointment? And Well, like, someone who was at the bottom, and then they worked their way up to the top, and then they took a look at what was at the top and they, they kind of realized, oh shoot, it's not as good as I was hoping it would be. I think like, okay, well, for one, I'm, I come from Ethiopia. Yeah. I, I like grew up in a situation where man, me and my family barely had anything. You know I mean? We barely had food, let alone um, a nice heated basement and the three rooms upstairs. You know, like I live, I come from the poor to the rich. I, in a way, I am, I am an, an example of what American dream is in a sense that like, I made it from the bottom to the top, but I'm still not satisfied in that sense that I am, but I'm, but most people that are in my situation wouldn't be. Do you get my point? Like, yeah. They'd be like, well, I'm, I'm living in an okay apartment, but like, I really want that luxury lifestyle. I exactly. want to be, I want to be driving cars that are from fast and furious. I want to be exactly sitting in a nice jacuzzi. And, and, and so an example, I fall, I can easily fall into that a description that you made earlier, like people always wanting more, but I think I can say how that could relate to people in the world because in the world essentially I find it that people are just always wanting something more for themselves it's always like I want more for myself and it's to feed this appetite of self-centeredness 
But in the Christian world, we can easily fall into like, it, it, it's the same desire, but it, it has a religious mass. That it's like, I want to do more for God's kingdom. Not for the God's kingdom's sake, but almost for our own sake. Because it like, it's so, the ministry so I tied in with our identity. Or like, I want to do more for my church. I want to do more. But it's like, is it for the church's sake or is it for my sake? Because I think the world is always self-centered. and uh, But in God's kingdom, we're called to work hard and do more too. But it's from a different posture of self-sacrifice. Like Paul says, like, by the grace of God, I am what I am. But I worked harder than all the apostles. But not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Like Paul worked his butt off when he was on this earth and to, to serve people and to it extend God's kingdom. So it's from a different posture of heart. Like it's from a place of not for my self-centered benefits, but for the sake of others. He might be disappointed because he's not like advancing God's kingdom and he feels trapped and he feels hindered. And I think that's the one I fell in recently. I felt like I was hindering God's purpose and God's kingdom and the plan he has on my life. And I felt like I was the reason for that. But in the world, people are pursuing materialistic things. They're pursuing cars. They're pursuing bigger homes. And sometimes the church falls into that too. But like, we shouldn't be because like, yes, if that stuff comes alongside when you're trying to advance God's kingdom, amen. But if it's just the main thing to pursue is just a big mansion, a big house, a big, beautiful wife, I don't know. And that's the end of it all. Then that's a problem. And I think, I think we've fallen off the grid in the sense that, and it's funny how those people that have had those things are depressed. So, and are not happy and are not content. And I think it's easy to want the world what the world has because they look happy. They look satisfied. They look like they've made it but it's funny that they're not and the christian can easily fall into the same trap too in my opinion well maybe they are happy maybe they are happy but isn't it funny how like even though they're happy they're still striving most of them yeah yeah like it's like it's not enough like the i was watching a little billionaire thing and it's like if you look at the 15 top richest people like it fluctuates a lot and and some of those people didn't give up like you'll see like warren buffett like go up the chart then go down up and down it's like there's a continual racing for it and then you'll see like uh some random guy from the middle east like go up the chart and then go down and then like it's a race it's like a non-stop race and these are i don't think any of them are christian but it's like it shows you that the richest people are still trying to get rich you know what i mean because the the rich rankings don't stop fluctuating they're always changing like you'll see bill gates go up and down up and down you'll see the guy that owns amazon up and then he's down and then he comes back up and it's like it's like a legit race and i'm just like they're not if i had that you would think if i had that much money i would just say you know i'm done Get out of this race. You know, I'm tired. I have more than enough money. But they're not. They're still racing. They're still running. They're still on that treadmill. And then you have to ask the question, why? After all that money, after being the top 15 richest people. So if I might ask then, like, what is the point where you feel that you would be satisfied in life? Like, what is the cutoff point for you? I think for me, like, I always just want to be able to provide for myself and provide for my family. And I think I'm happy with that. I think I'm not even at a place that I can do that right now. <laughs> so financially speaking, like if I can provide for my family, provide for my wife and give them a decent life, I'm happy with that. I don't need more than that financially. But my trap is not with finances and money. Mine is more with like, have I done enough on this side of earth to advance this kingdom? Or am I hindering it? And I think that's what can discourage you at times because do you think that like salvation is good enough like the fact that you're a christian you're going to be going to heaven if you go to heaven and god's like eh, 
you didn't do enough, don't you think that, like, you'll still have an infinite amount of time to just, like, get what you want? Like, it's not about, I guess, for me, it's... Like, I know, we, we can't earn God's favor, right? Yeah, or salvation. Or salvation. Yeah. And so it's like, there's, there's this idea that when we, we get to heaven, we'll be rewarded based on the things that we've done here on earth in yeah. our mortal life. But if you don't get as much reward, I don't know. Is, does is, it really matter? Does, does it really it? matter? But I don't think my motivation is for reward. And my motivation to why I want to advance my kingdom here is not as much as the rewards might be nice. I don't know what they are. I think the Bible doesn't really talk about the rewards that much. I think it talks about like there being the, these crowns. Okay. I don't, my point is like, is that's not a very enticing thing for us. At least for me, like having a crown. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because I don't understand it too much, but having just crowns doesn't really motivate me to advance the kingdom. I think for me, it's like the idea that Paul says, like, if I'm here, like, I'm here for fruit. I'm here to advance something. But if I'm not, like, if I die, though, I'm with the Lord. And I think it's more about purpose. I think purpose is a driving current underneath that. Of the fact that, like, you're actually making an impact, that your life here actually matters. Exactly. I think that is what motivates my work ethic. And when you feel like you're not, it's, like, so easy to just get discouraged. Do you think that anyone is, like, willingly and joyfully working to earn money and yet doesn't really care about their purpose in life? Even even someone like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or uh, Warren Buffett, like, say what you want about their ethics. I I don't think that they would be this invested in trying to be top dog unless they, unless they thought it wasn't going to mean something in the end i think the the it's like i think the problem is how they define purpose like maybe they have a delusion of what purpose is because if you like say like my purpose is to make a lot of money then you do feel like you're living in purpose or let's say you define your purpose to be like i'm gonna be a good husband or good wife then your whole life is wrapped around being a good wife or a good husband so my point is to say maybe they do feel like their life is meaning and it has purpose. But who gets to say that? Who gets to define that what you're doing is meaningful? Unless you're self-defining what you're doing. And I think that's my point. Like, What's the point of existentialism? Essentially, like, it, can they just define that what they're doing is meaningful because they feel like it's meaningful? And, or Yes. Do, essentially, but is it true? No. I, I can be saying, like, you know, I'm going to pet dogs all day for the rest of my life and... And I feel like that's really going to impact the world and, and bring meaning. And it will. My point you will is, have brought bundles of joy <laughs> to all those dogs you've pet. And those dogs, in their joy, will go to their owners. They will be more appreciative to their owners. The owners will, in turn, be nicer to the people they encounter in their lives, whether it's their friends or family members or random people they meet on the street. And the whole world will slowly but surely become better because you chose to pet dogs for the rest of your life. The truth is we get we don't get to define purpose. And I think that's the issue we see in our culture. Like we we have taken ownership of definitions and like like what love is, what purpose is, what what is meaningful. We get to define those things and I think that's we get to be the dictionary. We get to be the dictionary and I guess so making a lot of money that's what brings purpose and someone can write that on their mission statement of their life. But the issue we see there is that even though that's maybe what they believe, we do see like a giant hole in these people's hearts that something's off, something's 
outright. I'm talking about in the world. I think for the Christian, though, it's like, I know my purpose. I know what God has called me to. You just haven't gone out and fulfilled it yet. Or I feel like I'm failing at fulfilling it. Or I feel like I'm not fulfilling it. So it's like a two different thing. One can define their purpose or they misdefine their purpose. And then the second, us who are in the Lord and walking with him, sometimes feel like we're missing his purpose or not in his will or our life and circumstance confuses us where we are currently. So Because we're not listening to God? I don't know if it's not listening to God. I think it's like, I kind of like, I looked at my life and I'm like, okay, the Lord told me to go here and have a went. You know what I mean? Like... I love how the end of John, I love how the gospel of John ends and it says to Peter, you just turn to Peter and says, you know, when you're young, you did whatever you want, but when you're old, you're going to be crucified backwards. Yeah. And then Peter turns around and looks at John and says, what about him? What about him? You know, like, and then he says, if I want him to live until I come back, what is it to you? And essentially everyone has their own purpose in God's kingdom or God has a specific plan for each person in his kingdom. And specifically with me, like, I felt like the Lord told me to go to Bethel. And and I've been striving to get there. And I've been making horrible decisions financially and all these things that have hindered that. And then you feel like you're failing. If I might ask, though, like, the fact that you were responsible for making all those horrible decisions, doesn't that give you encouragement, like, knowing that you're, you're still responsible to make good decisions? Yes, yes. Yes. So, like, we could make good decisions that help our future. And we make bad decisions that affects our future. But my point was that with even with Peter, he made bad decisions continually. And God still brought about his purpose through that man. And I think the hope is that for all of us that are disappointed where we are in our relationship with God or in our relationship with what he wants us to do on this earth, to not give up and to, to know that God works all things for his good. You know what I mean? And I know that's like cliche, but like... So then what would you say to like someone who's listening to this podcast right now who doesn't believe in God, who's like, well, I'm, I'm not hearing him say anything. I get to determine my own destiny. And my destiny... As I see it, it might not be ideal, but I'm still self-determined. I'm still the captain of my own soul. I think I would respond to that man with the thing about God's kingdom is that it's so countercultural. We think in the world that if we get more, 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 we'll be happy. God's kingdom actually says the more you like lay down your life, the more you deny it, you find happiness. Jesus said it like this. He said he washes the disciples' feet and he says, if you follow this example, how happy you will be. Like, God is not against happiness. He wants us to be happy. Like, he's not, he won't, he didn't, he's not like trying to destroy our happiness and our joy. He just wants him to find our joy through him. Through him. And it's actually the paradox is like in the world, it's like work, work hard, get to the, get great, get all that you can and you'll be happy. But God's going to like give yourself up, lay yourself down and serve people and do what I've called you to do, you'll be more happy in that. By serving people, somehow there's a greater happiness that's like given by God. So I think the goal, I think all people are looking for happiness, but I think true happiness is not found in wealth or greed or money or women. It's found in God and in his plans for your life. And we, we don't believe it because it seems so sacrificial and it seems like we're giving up so much, but it's somehow in the giving up, we find true joy and true happiness. So, but our reason and our, the way we look at life kind of hinder that. And I guess like, that's the whole point of delayed gratification is that like, you're giving up what you want right now yeah, so that you can have something better later. Exactly. It's a good way to end it. If you want. Yeah, any last thoughts? If I might ask, 
how did you how did God speak to you and say, Samir, I want you to go to Bethel? Uh and how did you become sure that this this was the direction that God was I, leading you in? I think for me it was more that it was three ways. It was uh, I was at a summer camp, I was wrestling through so much questions in my faith. And not like theological like like do I believe in God and stuff like that. More like who am I? What is his kingdom about? Like all these weird questions, but if funny ways that like God bought three individuals, a stranger, a woman pastor, and a podcast to my attention. <laughs> Aren't Females not supposed to be pastors. No, no, I'm just like the, God used these three individuals to like speak to me, and they all pointed to Bethel. This female pastor was like preaching about God's love and all this stuff, and it was like speaking directly to what I was going through. But I had a sit down conversation with her, and she essentially just told me like, "Hey," as she was sharing about what a slave and a son is. To me, that's a, I didn't understand all of that. I didn't at the time, but she told me to like. She really pushed me to go to Bethel, and I'm like, man. And she was really advocating for Bethel. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I just kind of listened to her. I, I didn't really take it on fully. Then one day, there's a strange, another man that, like, in the middle of our family service, he says to a group of grown adults that he wants to show a promo- promotion video. Like, this is odd because these are all parents. These are grown people. And the promotion video actually ended up being for Bethel. And uh, this same guy comes to me and prays for me. Like, this guy's not the pastor. He's not even the leader. He's just in this family community. And he just randomly wanted to do a promotion video from Bethel. And he wanted to pray for me. And he said specific things about things that really related with me. So, so I'm hearing about Bethel here, there, everywhere. Every night before I went to bed, I listened to a podcast. And one day, I didn't even know who Bill Johnson was. He talks on this one topic about God's kingdom. I clicked that podcast. I'm like, this is Bill Johnson from Bethel. And then in that moment, it hit me that like, okay, God's clearly telling me to go to Bethel. So I feel like in a ways the stars aligned and it all pointed to Bethel for the next chapter of my life and ever since then I dropped out of Vanguard trying to save money trying to go there and all that stuff So and then you came back to Vanguard then I came back to Vanguard but I'm still pursuing to go to Bethel I, I think that uh, you and I are heading down very different paths and I know right now there's it, there's the feeling that like you're in the middle of a highway driving a truck that's been stalling for like the last two or three hours. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that you're going to get that truck running up again. And uh, as, as sad as it'll be to see you go at the same time, we have different destinies and we're not the same. Yeah, we're not the same. We're not the same. <laughs> Anyways, see you guys later. This has been... Because We're Not the Same, a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, and co-hosted by Samir McConan. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.